What's up, guys, and welcome back to Celtics fifth quarter. Big win by the Celtics, one twelve to ninety four. I'm joined again by Billy, who I know is pumped about when as everyone should be. Billy, give me your main takeaway of the game. I mean, so all right. Long story short, I was in Belmar our weekend, uh, and we'll go over why I did this. But I bet on the Celtics last night. We were underdogs, two point underdogs, and. I knew that this was going to be a different series, but I really didn't see a reason for us to be underdogs. But I absolutely did not see this type of woodshed game, not only from just kind of outcoaching Toronto from beginning to end, but also beating them so soundly when in the first half, Jason Tatum was pretty much invisible. Um, And it was just a complete, complete game on both sides of the court. You know, we'll obviously get into some of the ball handling and the turnovers and things, but I mean, again, just another fit. The Celtics are peaking at the precise moment that they should be peaking. With everything going on and everything, you know, kind of up in flux here, um, they look fantastic. And uh, tonight was just a great example of that. Yeah, and before we get into all the positives that the Celtics did, just want to put out there that the Raptors probably played their worst game in the bubble. That you're, you, We're not going to see this again from the Raptors. That They shot, I think, 36.9% from the field. You're not, you're not going to get that again from – the reigning champions, but will give the Celtics some credit. I thought they played excellent defense. I think there was their, it was their best game in the bubble, probably, and the best game I've seen them play in a while. They finally didn't start slow. They had 39 first quarter points. Can't remember the Celtics not having a slow start in the first quarter. And it seems like every game we're just constantly getting ourselves into foul trouble early, having a slow start. And so it was, it was good to see a change from that. Um, another thing, they excelled, even though Jason Tatum wasn't scoring early like you said so I, I was I was really impressed with that I was really impressed with the bench play today yeah Jason Tatum definitely wasn't himself in the first half of this game uh and to be able to jump out to that kind of lead there score 39 first quarter points was fantastic in terms of Jason Tatum though what's funny is again we say it all the time he's a full-blown all-star finishes the game in a game where you look at it and you're like where was Jason Tatum all night he finishes with 21 points nine rebounds two assists and one steal and played a pretty good game, but everybody was clicking today. And some of the things that were great, and they talked about in the pregame, was Marcus Smart. Obviously, he made incredible plays on defense, game-changing plays, but he was an offensive force. He finally got his shot to kind of show up here. Guy was like a corner specialist in this game. He was four for five in the corner tonight. Um, you know, he was taking – he took one of those Marcus Smart shots off a of steal where he pulled up, like, right at the top of the key and clanked it. But other than that, I thought he was really, really effective on offense and uh, was a huge reason, especially early, that we were able to jump out to that lead. Yeah, 10 first quarter points for Marcus after shooting 13% from three against Philadelphia in that series. It was good to see Marcus knock down four corner threes today. Uh, just another note, Celtics had six players in double figures, which is the main reason they excelled with Tatum having a slower first half. Um, Robert Williams played extremely well. Talk about it. Talk about it. I, I loved everything that Robert Williams did today. Um, I, I love the move by Brad to not play Cantor and to play Robert Williams' big minutes. I think he matches up perfectly against a more physical and athletic Raptors team. He plays above the rim. He's always up there blocking shots. Like you see him getting these highlight plays where he goes up. He seems like he's like 12 feet in the air blocking the shots. He's on the offensive end. He's so good in the pick and roll, which I know you love Robert Williams in the pick and roll. Robert Williams should run the pick and roll every single time that he is on the court and we come down and we have to run half-court offense. Uh, what I love about Robert Williams, one, is he just – he kind of looks like a guy who hasn't figured out his body yet, 
but he plays so aggressive and he's unlike any player. Like I can't remember a player like him being on the Celtics in the last 10 years. I don't have a comp for him at all. Um, and he's still trying to figure himself out. He played 19 minutes today, which is the most he's played probably all season. Honestly, this is the most meaningful basketball that he's played. Um, and then also Daniel Tice was fantastic. Like a lot of people kind of, and myself included, have looked at Daniel Tice as kind of like an Achilles heel for most of this season. But, you know, you look at Daniel Tice now, played very well against Joel Embiid. In this series, you're going to be asked to do something completely different where you're playing against Gasol and you're playing against Ibaka. Uh, Doris Burke alluded to it. Who would have known that he's the second best player in terms of plus and minus in the entire NBA? So that's crazy. But again, he's just asked to do so many different things, does it so well. I don't want to call him an enforcer, but he's definitely, he plays with emotion. He plays hard. Um, and one other thing, just in terms of the Raptors kind of one-two punch of Gasol and Ibaka, I'm definitely more comfortable when Gasol is on the court. And I know this is kind of their offense and their game, but again, Gasol spends a ton of time not in the paint. Like I wasn't watching the game and I was like, dang, we're getting killed in the boards here. I can understand Ibaka being over the three-point line because he's He's not a three-point specialist, but he's a good three-point shooter. He can shoot from above the free-throw line. But those are two really talented bigs. And Daniel Tice at six foot eight is holding his own and honestly being a difference maker. Um, so I was really excited to see that. And if we're able to get those kind of minutes at a, uh, Mr. Time Lord Williams, he's got some effective pick-and-roll stuff. And, you know, we get normal Jason Tatum next game. Like, we're clicking on all cylinders, Brian, and I'm really excited to see how this comes together. Yeah, definitely excited to see if the two-headed monster between Robert Williams and Daniel Tice can continue because I think that's that's a big thing for our team, uh, having that center position locked down. And I think Robert Williams, when he, the, my problem with Robert Williams is I think he's an athletic freak. He has all the athleticism in the world, but it's almost like he's just like slightly late on all like his reactions, like whether even coming out of the pick and roll. I think he makes up for it a lot of times with his athleticism, but he's always just like the slightest bit late, and you see that more on the defensive end because. He'll be a half a second late to come back on a defensive adjustment and the guy will get a layup at the hoop. And sometimes he'll get up there and he'll block it because he's lanky, he's long. But I, I think he that'll, that'll come with experience and I, I love seeing him get minutes. Yeah, again, I was saying like, you know, in turn, I think two things fit, fit into that, right? I think it's the, again, lack of minutes that he's had, especially running with the ones. Like, I don't know how many reps he's taken with Kemba Walker, uh, Jason Tatum and company on the floor. I don't think he's taken a ton of those reps. And again, like basketball IQ, like, you know, it just, it's going to be stuff that comes on, comes on a little bit later. And he doesn't really have a guy that does what he does that he can kind of just learn from. Like he really kind of is his own entity. And, you know, anyone listening, I would love to kind of hear anyone's feedback or like opinion on like what Celtic does he remind you of in the last 20, 25 years. Cause I really, I just don't, I don't have a comp for him. Uh, is there anyone come to mind for you? No, I, I can't really think of anyone. I mean, I guess kind of like a big coming off the bench, maybe like a Leon Poe. He was more on the athletic side, but he was nowhere near the, the size of Robert Williams. But yeah, I, I can't really think of a comparison for him. It's going to be interesting to see too, what we do moving forward. And uh, we haven't said it yet. I'm old enough to remember where everybody was telling me that Brad Stevens was overrated and that Nick Nurse is just going to completely outcoach the Celtics. This is a fantastic job by Brad Stevens to roll out this lineup and continues to put guys out there in positions to be successful. And I'm interested to see what we do going forward. Do we see more Larry Romeo Langford? Do we see more um, 
Grant Williams, like what is what is going to come here going forward? Brad, Brad Wanamaker, every game, Brad Wanamaker is getting better. Like he's going to make mistakes and he's going to have screw ups. But uh, again, we've gone from I cannot stand seeing him on the basketball court to like, okay, like, you know, he's doing okay. He's not at a complete eyesore and he's getting better every game. Yeah, I was a little shocked to not see Romeo Langford get any minutes. He really got a couple minutes in the end of the game, but any significant minutes. Um, he played semi Ojale over Romeo Langford, which did surprise me a little bit just because I thought that Romeo would add some athleticism on the defensive end. I know you love semi Ojale, so I, I bet you were pumped to see him on the court. I was pumped to see him to see him hit a three, and so was the bench. But there was one point in the second half where the Raptors are making their run, and – he just, he just gets blown by. Like, I just, I, I don't know, man. I, I got to stop hating on Semi. Like, you know, Semi's a good dude. I'm sure he is. But he just, he drives me crazy so often. And he's so strong and he's so, like, you know, I don't know. I don't know. He just drives me nuts. But decent game out of him. Uh, and another thing that was great, too, is when we went into halftime and we had that big lead, I was like, ah, oh, man, we can't come out and lay, and lay an egg. And the Celtics have been prone to kind of come out at halftime and not play extremely well. We played awesome coming right out of halftime. So that was another thing that I was really impressed with. Another thing I was impressed with was, a, was our rebounding. We out-rebounded the Raptors 50-40 to 40 to the, uh, today. Daniel Tice had 15 rebounds, which was his career high in the playoffs. And I honestly can't remember a game in the regular season that he got more, in that, more than that. Uh, 24 bench points. It, I thought it was just overall just like such a good game for the Celtics. ton of fun to watch. A couple uh... – yeah, I mean, there's not really much to complain about, but I guess we can kind of, you know, nitpick here. So what was the negative that kind of stood out to you here? My only negative of the game is that we had 22 turnovers, which any game that you have 22 turnovers, I would, I would expect to lose. And if you, if you told me that a team played the game and had 22 turnovers, I would, like, I, I would expect for them to lose the game. But we, we still won by 20 points, which I think goes and shows how bad the Raptors did off the turnovers that I think – I don't know how many points they got off turnovers, but it, it, it couldn't have been many because it seemed like every time that we turned the ball over, the Raptors didn't capitalize on their opportunity. 18 points off of turnovers for Toronto. Um, and some other thing, just the way that I looked at this series, and I'm interested to see kind of what your opinion is on this. So I'm in Belmar last night. Belmar, New Jersey, anyone that from the Jersey Shore, Belmar is the place to be. I was looking at the game last night. We're two-point underdogs. And I was like, I'm surprised we're underdogs here. I'm definitely going to bet the Celtics. I'm bet the Celtics to win, and I'm going to bet us to cover. And this is why my buddy was like, why do you think so? Like, it's a good coaching match or whatever. Here's my thought process. How many players on the Celtics can you name before you get to the best player on Toronto? And especially with, I don't know how healthy or unhealthy Kyle Lowry is. I know he got hurt in game four versus Brooklyn. But, I mean, you start going on the list. Jason Tatum is better than anyone on the, uh, on the Raptors. Kemba Walker is better than anyone on the Raptors. You can argue that uh, Jalen Brown is better than anyone on the Raptors. So, I mean, when you have three of the be- three better players than any one player on the Raptors, it's like, you know, what are we going to – I just don't see a reason why if, if the coaching is chalk and it's pretty much even and we're going to get this type of center play, I think we're put in a very good position. Now, moving forward, Raptors are definitely, are definitely going to play better. Can they not, Brian? Oh, they're absolutely going to play better. I mean, they shot 25% from three, 37% from the field. Like, you're not going to see that off off the, the Raptors. I mean, they, they're built on ball movement, on good coaching. They're going to get their shots. I mean, Fred Van Vliet shot, like, what, I think three of 16 today. You're, mm-hmm. you're not going to see that happen again. Now, he's a really good shooter. 
But overall, we got to keep up the good momentum, keep up the ball movement, the good defense. The one thing that's concerning moving forward is Kemba's knee. I mean, every time he falls to the ground, I can see him immediately grab that left knee. And I know he played through it. I know he came back in the game. But it, it's concerning to me that every time that he falls down, he's, he's pointing to that knee, he's rubbing on it, he's wincing in pain. It's definitely concerning. Uh, I love that he stayed in the game. Uh, I'd probably be a little bit more worried if I saw that it affected his game. Um, but – you know, ESPN cuts commercial when he's like pointing at his knee. I'm like, oh my God, like what the heck's happening here? But, um, you know, glad to see he stayed in the game. The other thing that's not going to happen as well is I don't think Toronto is going to get in that type of foul trouble early. We really kind of handicapped them when I think, what did Pascal Siakam have three fouls in the first yeah, quarter? Fouls in the first quarter. And I think that helped him, um, helped out the Celtics a lot with Pascal Siakam having a bad game. He got in his own head. Yeah, I think he had three points in the first quarter and have had three fouls. I'll say this too, and we haven't said this in the playoffs. I tip my cap to the officials for holding their whistle because there were a lot of times, especially with Tatum slapping the floor, screaming at the official. There were a lot of times where they could have teed up a bunch of different folks. I was actually pretty surprised the Raptors didn't get more tees. Kyle Lowry had something to say after every whistle. And quite honestly, I think it's another bubble thing. Like if this is a game in Toronto or if this is a game in front of friends or friends in front of fans, um, you're going to see a couple more technical fouls thrown around than there were tonight. Only one for, uh, I believe it was Nick Nurse got teed up in the uh, first half. So uh, just one thing that I did notice. Aside from that, though, what was our one shining moment tonight? To me, it's the Time Lord windmill. But the thing that people forget about that is that right before that, Marcus Smart had the ball on the offensive end, turns the ball over, and in typical Marcus Smart fashion, immediately picks up the ball. Fred Van Vliet has the ball and steals it from him, passes it to a wide-open Robert Williams for the windmill, which was an awesome play. But that's just that that's the definition of Marcus Smart right there. He can make a mistake on the offensive end and he's immediately gonna come back on the defensive end and do something impactful for the team. One thing that almost was the one shining moment of the game is Jalen Brown almost had the best dunk in the bubble today. Uh, I believe it was in the second or third quarter. Uh he came around on a screen or off of a rebound and tried to punch it uh and was pretty damn close to doing so. But that would have been my shining moment had it gone in. Yeah, and that would have been all over ESPN as well. <laughs> mm-hmm. What about the turning point? Was there a turning point, Brian? I, I feel like we just kind of handled business all night long. Yeah, the, the tip-off, I, I guess. <laughs> I guess so. Yeah, I guess. Uh, and then bottom line. What is our bottom line, Brian? My bottom line is that this is going to be a defensive series. The, the Celtics shot the ball excellent today, and the, the Raptors didn't. But the team that plays better defense is going to win this series, and I think that the Celtics show that they're capable of playing better defense. And I, I still got I still got the Celtics in six, but yeah, if, if they're gonna if they want to win this series, I don't. It definitely won't be as easy as today's game was, but they got to keep up the good defense. Couple questions before we uh, before we sign off here. Do you think there's a chance we see Time Lord start this series in one of the games? No. Do you think that Grant Williams gets more minutes tomorrow or Tuesday? I can see Grant Williams getting more minutes if Rob Williams doesn't play as well. That I think he. Grant Williams' minutes were hindered by the play of Robert Williams. I do think that Grant can play some good defense, maybe on Pascal Siakam, but he's definitely outmuscled, outsized by both Gasol and Ibaka. And then last question I have, and I'm interested to see how this plays out. I saw that Nick Nurse was playing Ibaka and Gasol at the same time. Do you think that we see that a little bit? I'm interested to see what he does with his bigs, I guess. I mean, you know, they're going to shoot better. They're not going to turn the ball over as much, I would assume, but I'm really interested to see what they do do with their bigs in response to the Robert Williams, Daniel Tice, one-two punch here. Yeah, kind of similar to us. We, they only have 
three bigs that they play with Gasol and Ibaka and then Siakam. And I thought I think we saw a lot of Gasol and Ibaka playing together today just because Siakam got himself in foul trouble, kind of messed up their rotations. So I don't think that's kind of their game plan going in. I, I, I think that as long as Siakam doesn't find himself in uh, foul trouble again, you probably won't see as much of that lineup. I mean, you'll probably see them play together overlapping a few minutes, but I, I don't think that's their plan. Well, that's all that we have tonight. Game two is Tuesday at 5.30, and we'll be back after that. Oh, no, hey.